You don't just start playing baseball and then instantly make it to the major leagues. You have to work hard to get there. You have to have a game plan to get yourself to be the MVP. The Most Valuable Producers podcast is not for the average agent. You can't be average to become the MVP. Just like in the big leagues. You can't just be a one or two or three tool player. You have to be a five tool player to become the MVP. You can make a difference in someone's life every single day in this job, in this career, in this industry. What's your game plan? This is your host of the show, Mitch Gibson. You are listening to the MVP Podcast. Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, everybody? Mitch Gibson here with another episode of the Most Valuable Producer Podcast. I think I might have the most valuable producer uh, based off of award, based off of uh, being the season one protege winner. And if you don't know what the protege is, you're hiding underneath or you're probably hiding underneath a rock, but it is the, it was the first reality TV show and your boy Derek Hayden guest on the uh, most valuable producer or most valuable uh, producer podcast. Number five, Derek, thanks for the joining the show today. How are you doing, my man? Doing good, Mitch. Thanks for having me. I was getting ready to say, uh, you know, what agency you're from. Uh-huh. I was going to butcher it, but uh, Derek joins us from uh, Danzig Shelbyville Insurance. Mm-hmm. That is in uh, Illinois, down in the southern parts of Illinois, correct? Correct. South Central, we'll say. It's not It's not South down Central. in Kentucky, but it's it's not Chicago either. So South Central. So how, how far are you from uh, our fearless leader of the uh, agency intelligence network? Uh, I'm Jason about... Jeff? So I'm about two hours, hour and a half drive from Cass over there. He's in Edwardsville, which is right across the river from St. Louis. So um, like if you drew, I'm trying to remember, if you drew a a line from St. Louis to like Indianapolis, my town is right on that line. So makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So you're pretty close to to the Centralia area, kind of maybe not far. I'm about an hour from Centralia. Yeah. Okay, I think we might have talked about this, but I actually, before I went to Ball State, actually before I graduated high school, I actually had committed and signed to go play at Kaskaskia, which is literally probably three out of the hundred thousands of people that I hope listen to this show um, probably only know where, where Kaskaskia University is, because I think there's a prison in right center field, yep. if I remember correctly. That's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, went on, I went on my visit, and I go, Mom, Dad, there, there's literally a prison. <laughs> over the fence <laughs> like you yep. had a ball you're almost hitting the ball over the prison that's yep that's funny but small town usa you're doing some pretty big things here in the industry um i had never met you until i saw you at the agency intelligence brain share I, we're going to dive into that a little bit sure um, kind of see kind of some things that you took away from it um some things you took back and implemented in the agency used for yourself etc um but man, you're, you're, you're just making it, making it happen. And when I met you down that protege, you, the, the thing I remember most about you is you were campaigning for people to vote for you to be the protege winner. So you had the V, the number four D on yep. these hats and he wore it the whole entire time, which was in my mind, an absolute amazing idea because there's a chance for 75 to hundred people who have may have not voted yet to vote for D, Derek or vote for D and mm-hmm. It was a marketing tactic. You you freaking killed it um, intentionally. I would I, I would think so. If not, yep. just shake your head and say yeah. Um, <laughs> but but at the end of the day, when I met you, I'm like this is a this is a different breed of guy. He's small town USA guy, uh, blue collar guy, loves to hunt. Um, but why insurance? What what, what what got you going in the insurance world, man? Well, like a lot of people, um, I just kind of fell into it. The, you know what I what I hear is, you know, a lot of people are. It's in their family. 
It wasn't my family. I honestly couldn't even have told you. The only thing I knew about insurance was where my ID card was in my glove box. And half the time that was expired. So I knew nothing about insurance. I was working, I was working at a hospital, a local, I graduated from, um, like you said, I went to Kaskaskia, got my associates there, went on to Murray state down in Kentucky. Hold on a second. Yeah. Stop, 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 stop. I did not know you went to Kaskaskia at all. You didn't? I thought we, yeah, I, I went not, to Kaskaskia. I might've been too many captain and Coke Steve that <laughs> night, but I, I don't recall knowing that's pretty cool. Sorry yeah. to interrupt that kind of just Hey, that's pretty cool. Yep. Then you went to Murray State, you said? Yep. I, so I was a Blue Devil there at Kaskaskia, went on to Murray State. I was a – so a side note for for Murray, if you know where Murray State is, it's the Racers, and they're known for basketball, not baseball. But the baseball team, when I was there, was called the Thoroughbreds. So it wasn't until like a few years ago, the baseball team's now the Racers, but um, everybody's like, oh, yeah, the Racers. It's like, no, the Thoroughbreds, bro. So anyway – Left Murray and I was just trying to find a job and fell into a, our, one of the local hospitals has a, like a wellness wing and I was a wellness assistant. And on days I didn't work there, I was a substitute teacher. Now, I mean, I was not making much money and I was exhausted. Like literally I would wake up at six, go to go to work at six in the morning to help the wellness stuff for the morning, morning crew work all morning. Sometimes I go teach and then come back to the hospital. I mean, I was working 16 hour days and making no money. And well, what, uh, what did you, what did you go to school for to start? Did, what, what was your degree or did you have baseball. a general studies type of? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I ended up, I started in um, pre-physical therapy. And gotcha. it makes, another, makes sense now with the whole yes. health, health thing. Right. Right. So my family, my dad and my sister are both in the medical field and I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I knew I just wanted to play baseball and, you know, maybe go to a few classes while I was doing that. And so I started in pre-physical therapy and it was like the semester of my going into my second semester at Murray. I got called in the office of my athletic director. He's like, Hey, Derek, we got a problem. It's like, great. What do we got? He's like, one of your credits or one of your classes didn't transfer. And if you don't change your major, you're not eligible to play baseball. I was like, Oh, Okay, so what are my options? He's like, well, either you don't play baseball or you change your major so your credits count and you keep playing baseball. I was like, all right, change my major. So I just went into a general, uh, I can't even remember what the name of integrated studies was the name of my was the name of my degree. So more sophisticated. Yeah. So it was integrated studies with a focus in physical therapy. And of course, I grad, you know, I got done with my bachelor's. I was like, I don't want to go to another three years of school. That sounded miserable. I was like, I'm out. I don't care enough about physical therapy or doing anything in the medical field to spend more time in school. So I went, worked where I could find a job. And I quickly found out that working with old people in the wellness wing of a hospital wasn't for me and trying to take care of a classroom full of students wasn't for me either. So I was like, you know, trying to find something. And I was actually on my way up to Northern Illinois. I'd, I had accepted a job or didn't really accept it, but I was like ready to accept it at a furniture manufacturing place as one of their like traveling salesmen. I don't, I mean, I'm so glad I didn't do that. And I just kind of fell into someone in town said, Hey, Shelbyville insurance is interviewing for a sales position. You ought to go talk to him. So, okay, I'll go see what it's all about. I think I was 23 when I started interviewing, okay. maybe 24. And uh, I can remember sitting in my interview and they're like, Derek, what's one thing you don't want to do? 
I was like, you know, I'd, I'd really try to like to stay away from door-to-door sales. So I took the job and like two weeks later, I'm doing door-to-door sales door-to-door for commercial sales. insurance. <laughs> so um, it turns out I was okay at it. I mean, you know, you, all you have to do is go in and start talking to people. And um, my first few, few years in the business were pretty tough. Like anybody out there, if, if you're a young agent, new agent, you know that it's a, it's a rough start. And I was, there's a few, few uh, instances where I was like, I'm out, man. I can't, I can't do this. I got to, luckily I wasn't married at the time, didn't have kids. So I, I was just responsible for me. Um, if I had had kids and was married, I probably wouldn't have stuck with it. Cause I just, I mean, I can live off of peanut butter and bread, but sure. you know, trying to pay rent or, and, uh, or buy a house or something like that would have been difficult. So anyway, that was almost exactly nine years ago when I got hired. So, um, it's been, a, it's been a journey. That's awesome, man. Well, it, I'm glad to hear you say the whole, you know, give it, you know, if you're a young agent, understand that it's, it's, it's not lollipops and gumdrops your first couple of years. It's a little mm-hmm. rough. Yep. Uh, I think that's kind of been the common denominator of, you know, out of all the episodes that I think I've recorded um, for this podcast, which I, I know is only our loan, loan number five or six. Um, but even on the ones that I guest hosted on the, uh, on Cass's AI, AI show, every single one of them has in somewhat shape or form referred to the give it some time, give it three years before you make a decision if it's right for you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you hit the nail on the, on the, on the head right there, it just, I think it's really the, the, if, if there's the, any advice that's going to be consistent for these young agents. And I say for these young agents, looking at myself in the mirror here, give it some time, mm-hmm. learn, take, be a sponge and take it all in. When did you, you know, you, you've obviously been in it for nine years now, but taking that nine years and cutting it split in half on the later half here of your nine years, what has changed you? Um, mm-hmm. Was it the people? Was it your environment? Was it, you know, you just becoming more comfortable and familiar? Was it you being a sponge later in your career? Still to this day, you're still learning. So agents don't think that you're not going to learn because you're going to consistently learn every single day. What was it that changed and, and, and made a difference for you as an agent? Right. So when I first, I think it was my second year, the beginning of my second year, I was pretty negative. I was down. I was like, there's no way that I can live off of the commission I'm making right now. Cause it was minuscule. Well, I went in, I got a meeting. Um, what and I'll, I'll to answer your question. This is what kind of transitioned sure. my thought process, but got a meeting my second year, beginning of my second year, I think it was in February or March, um, which had been like 15 months in. And, um, it was with a school. I was like, oh man, I landed a meeting for the PNC for a school. I was like, man, this would be a nice account. I go in there and they're like, yeah, we really don't care. We're happy with our commercial. We, we don't want to move it. And I'm, you know, like, oh, great. Just, you know, another one. Like if, if you know anything about benefits, we're really struggling to get answers on our benefits plan because of the affordable care act and everything going on with that. So affordable care act was still pretty new at that point in time. It was 20. I'd have been 2013, 14, something like that. And uh, it's like, well, I don't know anything, but we've got someone at our office who does. Can I schedule a second meeting? And brought the other guy in, BOR'd it. And I, I got like a $8,000 pay raise that day. And it's just like, okay, what was I doing? You know, trying to sell laundromats and restaurants before when I can go in here and BOR this and, you know, make more in my one sale than I did my entire first year. I was like, this is where I got to start to focus. So um, it wasn't easy. I still, I spent a lot of time learning 
the Affordable Care Act. Um, a lot of time, you know, trying to dabble in the what we would, would be considered middle market on the benefits side first. And so I landed a few accounts that gave me some breathing room. Um, so what I've done later in my career is what's helped me grow is focusing, being laser focused on what I know I do well. And that's tough when you're brand new because you just got to get something in the door to, you know, to get something by a can of tuna at the grocery store, you know, here, <laughs> here uh, I'm getting a, I'm getting a ribeye tonight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you're trying to sell a renter's policy here and maybe a life insurance policy here. There's no focus. You're just trying to grab everything. Well, in hindsight, that was probably hurting me, you know, more than was helping me it, because if, even if you close a couple of those, it's still not a, a very good paycheck. So for me, being able to get laser focused on what I know I do really well and what I know I have tools and resources to build my book around. That's when I started to, you know, stack them up here and there to, you know, build my personal book of business. So you, you talked about the laser focusing into what you're really good at. Mm -hmm. Um, Luis, Luis Leal. I think you, you know, Luis. Yeah. Um, Louis, I had Luis on a week or two ago and Luis had said what, you know, he focused on, you know, subcontractor, small business mm -hmm. um, policies because he found out that his niche and where he was really good at communicating and offering a, you know, a good, good ROI on their end to make their job a lot easier. And that was, that was home builders, mm -hmm. big home builders. I mean, Right. You, I, I was surprised to hear the amount of subcontractors these home builders use. Yeah. That were not insured. <laughs> and I'm like, that's that is quite disgusting to hear as a producer, as a risk manager, as a mm -hmm. risk advisor, whatever you want to call yourself, because you're like, man, that is the single most, you know, I, as a producer for me, that's what I'm looking at going in mm -hmm. on, on a new new prospect or new business account opportunity. Because if their audits are dog water, uh -huh. I'm winning. Like, yep. I'm gonna win. But he identified that that was the best thing he's going to do. So why change my scope of what's making it happen for me, mm -hmm. growing that at scale at a bigger, bigger rate, faster rate. And that's all he needs to do. Mm -hmm. he's, he's doing what he needs to do to succeed um, at a pretty high level. You're doing it on a different angle, which I think is super unique. Um, not everybody off can offer the benefit side of things. Mm -hmm. um, but would you say, would you say the benefits is it more, do you think it, it, I guess kind of where I'm trying to get to ask this question is with you going to school, doing the physical therapy and learning this health stuff and working in the hospital, had that benefited your, you know, focus on that, the benefit side more yep. and being more educated probably helped out a lot. Oh yeah. The, I think even more than just going to school for that was, um, listening to my dad and sister at the dinner table. I, I didn't realize how little medical providers understand insurance. So being able to listen to what they're telling their patients, you know, what they're, you know, how they interpret health insurance, and then being able to build my process around that to sell it to the, the groups, um, that definitely helped. And, and just understanding medical lingo, um, I still don't know a lot of it, but, you know, someone can say some something medical to me, and I, I have a pretty good understanding of what they're talking about. So it definitely helped me connect the dots there of, you know, getting, okay, this issue here that doctors are, are having with their patients, how do I solve that on the health insurance side and benefits? What side? do you call what do you, what do you call that, Mr. Hayden? What do I call that? 
what do you call that? You got a, you got a name for the process? Risk lock process. Yep. The what? The risk lock process. The risk lock process. You got a patent on it? We do. Just kind of a. Yep. I That's our it. agency's. Yep. Trademark patented process. So you can't take it. But uh, <laughs> yep. We uh, so we developed the process and we use it for PNC and I use it for benefits. There's not many other producers that really apply to benefits, but I I use it for benefits because it's really it's the same thing. You're still identifying a problem and providing a solution. So, um, you know, most people in, in, in general, agents have um, the way that people view what agents and brokers do is giving them a spreadsheet of prices, which is fine. You, you have to make sure you're getting the best price for your clients and, and, you know, not over making sure they're not overpaying, but you're not solving any problems by doing that. So if you can go in and you have a process in your first meeting for identifying a few problems, and then you have a patented process to uncover what's creating those problems and then provide solutions to solve those problems. I, I'm, I mean, my hit ratio has gone through the roof when I focus on identifying problems in the first meeting. And instead of, you know, and I'll go to the, the commercial side because a lot of people listen and probably, um, you know, know that one a little better. Sure. When you go in the commercial, you probably start asking, you know, what's the square footage of your building? What's your payroll? What are your sales? You know, how many employees do you have? So people are used to gathering the information you need to get a quote. So I don't even talk about that stuff. I'm not going to say I don't care about it because insurance is important, but most people don't have an insurance problem. I know in my niches what their problems are before I even step in the door. So that's one thing about, you know, being niching down. I know a group of 50 employees is having this problem because there's no one that's able to been able to solve it. So I'll, I'll create my questions and ask my questions around that problem and create a wedge. And then you can just see the, well, well, no one's really asked me that before. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't know. No one's really, <laughs> you've got them hooked right there. Sure. So, and then they're like, Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, yeah, I've, and, and specifically since I was in the protege, my BOR count has just skyrocketed um, because really? that's, oh yeah, I have. So would you say it's gone up like 50% like that? More. Those type of numbers? No kidding. What, what's Good that? for you, man. There's, there's like those videos where they're like, is it 50? More. 100? More. more. <laughs> no, it, my, I've had more BORs this year than I had my entire previous eight years. I'll say that. Wow. Good for you, man. Congratulations. So, thank you. Man. You've, you've, you deserve it. You've earned it. I've, I followed along the protege. Um, I didn't, I wasn't an every episode locked in guy, but uh, it, it was great following you during that. And I, I'm glad you said it. Cause you just almost like you took the words out of my mouth. Cause I was going to go right into the protege. Cause that, that has probably been, that that's benefited you a lot. Um, especially with, after hearing your process, your plan, your, you know, your value prop, your, 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 your added value proposition, uh, you know, all of the above. I'm like, man, this is really interesting. Someone I, you know, someone I've got to get on that can share some, some, you know, good little fiery tips and tricks that that have gotten you now down the road where you're at. Um, and, and David Carruthers obviously is a big guy that that that's gonna, gonna, you know, that you'll look back on being somebody that's changed your career and your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just the type of guy he is. And that's what this industry is about, trying to get these young agents to understand this agency is all about helping. So let's share some some sweet and, and, and hot topics and nuggets for these for these guys out here and gals uh, trying to trying to rule the commercial world. 
um, or even the personal lines world. Hell, I don't, I don't care. But the protege, the first reality TV show for insurance producers um, created by David Carruthers, uh, Florida Risk Partners down in Tampa, Florida, correct? Correct. Um, David is a is something else. He's he's a hoot. He's a fiery guy, uh, and, and he loves he loves winning. Uh, and that's what the protege was all about. Who's going to win? Uh, who's going to who's going to fight? Who's going to you know go down the go down the path and uh, come up victorious at the end, holding the trophy? Which I got to witness you being announced as the winner. Uh, it was super super cool. Gave me the chills. Uh, there's there's a lot of really cool things coming with that show. And for you to be the first winner of that show, what was that like? And uh, you know, kind of kind of take us back, kind of take us back through that and highlight some things that you learned that were real key. Uh, to the success of you winning this this uh, this show. Okay, yeah, I'm still pumped from from winning it. It was, you know, if you had told me, you know, this time last year, hey, you're going to win a reality show next year. What are you talking about? I wouldn't have ever believed you. But yeah, it was the experience. Um, what it's done for me, my right now, I have confidence coming out of every pore in my body. If I go into a meeting, I know that I've got a pretty good chance to get in that business. If I can land the meeting, I got a pretty good chance of getting in there. So what the protege did for me to help build the confidence was I was at the point in my career where I was really transitioning my focus. I was, I was done with the quoting. I I get so frustrated quoting, especially on a nice size account. You're spending 40 hours trying to gather information, get information to our marketing rep. They come back with carrier questions. I got to go back to I was just so tired of it because I didn't feel like I was providing any value to the client. I mean, I I'm a, I went through my CIC classes and I have my designation, so I understand coverages, but you don't need coverages until you have something bad that happens. So I, I felt for me, how do I prevent those bad things from happening? And how do I lead with the risk management piece, with the tools I provide, um, with the resources I have, how do I lead with that to win business? And I was just, I was really close to really just connecting on what I wanted to do. And the protege put got me. to interrupt. Yes. I got to interrupt because I've got to reiterate what you just said. From the time he's opened his mouth up about this, since a lot of this question I've asked, he has not once said a thing about an insurance coverage, an insurance specific, a price or anything. Mm-hmm. It's all added value. So think, of, think about that every single day, get people. Think about that because it is the golden nugget to understanding what's going to get you not just in the door, but also get you that business potentially. So mm-hmm. continue. Sorry, I had to. Had no, to you're good. Around. That's a good point. Yeah. The whole thing that I've based my business around that I was in the process of before the protege and that the protege enhanced was leading with a solution. The, the solution is not an insurance product. The one thing that we all have in common listening to this podcast and every other agent in the nation is we can all sell an insurance policy. So how are you going to differentiate yourself aside from, oh, I've got this carrier and these coverages. I hate to say it. People don't care. They really, they do care. They want to make sure their, their business is protected. They really don't care. They they've heard it before. They've had 25 other people knock on their door saying the same thing. We can get you the best quote with the best price with all these companies. Great. That's great. So what I was trying to do was do something different to a get in the door and B show them that there's more out there than just buying an insurance policy and having your agent show up at renewal time to give you your renewal. And you see them, you know, for two hours a year and they, you know, pay them 20 grand. So 
So what the protege did for me was really set my set me up to learn how to lead with those solutions. Um, and honestly, the the one thing that no one saw on the show, yeah, I did went through the challenges and everything. And I'm not gonna say that was easy because it was it took some time to build it together. But I I already knew some of that. You know, I was I had already built my business around that similar process. The one thing that put me over the edge was once I made it to the top five, um, one thing that Carruthers agreed to do with all of the top five contestants was have a one hour session, like a get out of jail free card. Basically, you get him, you can get in the door, you know, you have an opportunity with a prospect, you can get one business that you work with him on the account. So I got an opportunity on a half million dollar premium work comp policy. Like this is one I'm taking with Carruthers. So what's crazy is I didn't even get that that account. I walked away. And I if you had told me I walked away from a half million dollar premium, you know, my early on in my career, I would have, you know, I would have slapped you because there's no way I'm walking away from that. But what I learned in the process was if their mentality doesn't fit my process, I'm gonna spend 40 hours quoting it and then get a no because they're going to share the quote with their incumbent and they're going to come down. You're going to get rolled. So anyway, I learned in that one hour session with Carruthers, how to lead with value and lead with solutions. He, I mean, I've got the recording. I, I'm, I don't share it with anybody because, you know, he asked us not to, but I go back to that recording almost every time before I go into a first meeting because the amount of information he gave me, to lead with, it's like, if they're not ready to move forward by the end of that meeting, it's not a, it's not a good opportunity. So that's what the protege did for me was how do you lead with those solutions instead of leading with an insurance quote? What's going on, loyal listeners? It's Mitch Gibson with the MVP podcast, stopping you in the action of the podcast. Promise you that this will only take a second. Are you a local independent insurance agent struggling to find markets for your clients? Well, look no further than nationwide brokerage solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and do what we're here to do, grow your business. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about nationwide brokerage solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. That's N-B-S-B-R-O-K-E-R. AGE.com. Let them know that the folks at the Agency Intelligence Podcast Network sent you. Adding adding value, like again to reiterate, adding value is 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 so important. And you know, as as you look on this on the commercial side, I kind of look on this on the commercial side a little bit. Or excuse me, on the commercial, I'm looking at this on the personal side mm-hmm. for a quick second for maybe those personal personal lines uh, agents out there. You know, it's the same thing as working with real estate agents and mortgage lenders. I mean, what you're not doing, you're not there to sell the mortgage company an insurance policy. You're not there to sell them the mortgage lender an insurance policy. So you're not trying to sell the real estate agent in a house. Mm-hmm. What you're doing is what what can I do? And it changed the game for me. What can I do to add value to that real estate agent? Mm-hmm. What can I do to add value to that mortgage referral partner? Mine was trying to simplify the process of receiving an insurance declaration page, evidence of insurance. That is so, so important. And, you know, it's the last final cherry on top, but it has nothing to do with price, has nothing Mm -hmm. to do with it's all the value of how can I make this easier, better. And to know that 
their customers are going to get taken care of at a high value. Is it's, it's a win for everybody. You're doing it in a different different way mm-hmm. towards on the benefit side. So I don't think it matters what you're doing or what you you know pick out to be your niche or your main focus. So make sure whatever it is you, you're you're adding value. You know, the second you think about me or me or I or whatever, you're going to get beat. Mm-hmm. You're going to get beat. What can you do to help? What can you do to add value? This industry is all about the helping aspect of it. I mean, how you saw it at BrainShare. Mm-hmm. You saw it at BrainShare. Yep. How many successful, I mean, top insurance agents across the country were at that place sharing what they do, yep. how they use this tool, how they did. I mean, who does that? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it shocked me. I mean, I knew podcasters did this and, you know, had guests on and shared and stuff, but I'm like, this is a, someone's given me the play, play by play book, you know, of, of how to get this done. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, why would you not want to be a part of stuff like that? At what point for you was it, I need to, you know, either reach out to somebody or when did the whole Carruthers um, podcasting, whatever it might've mm-hmm. been that got you interested in contact. When did that hit for you? Um, and, and, and what was it that you saw or that, that made you reach out? Sure. Uh, so I'll, I was actually thinking of this the other day, like, how did I even get involved in all this stuff? So for me, here comes the redneck side of me. It, Love it. I, I live on about four acres and it takes me two hours to mow my yard. And I was tired of listening to the radio and my headphones. This was, this has been back in like 2017, I think. I was like, I maybe eight. Kind of what kind of mower are we working with, Derek? I, I got, got three acres. I got me a country clipper. Okay. Uh, <laughs> there it is. There's that twang right there, a, baby. It's a 66 inch deck. Oh, he he went big. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting this thing done in about an hour. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I was sitting on my mower. And I'm like, I'm tired of listening to Garth Brooks on the radio. I got to find something. So I started looking at podcasts, and insurance guys popped up. And I listened to like two podcast the two hours I mow, I listened to two episodes. I'm like, hey, this these guys are talking about stuff that I am interested in learning about. So I just kind of evolved into listening to Cass, listening to Hanley. Carruthers wasn't on at that point in time, but I'm listening to all these people and and their ideas are like hitting home with me. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm stumbling on yes, stumbling onto something that's gonna help me. I just kept listening and listening. I would take one or two things from each interview. I try to implement that in my own process and my own business. And pretty soon I, I felt like I was, you know, looked at, I want to say as cutting edge on the agent side, but in little Shelbyville, Illinois, doing a video proposal blew people's minds. And sure. I, I learned about that on one of the podcasts. Couldn't even tell you which one it was years ago, but I was like, man, if I can just do a, a six minute video and it saves me an hour of meeting with someone and they're all, you know, it gets these people so pumped up. It's like, you just send them a Christmas gift. That video was sure. awesome. You know, that's what spun me into like, all right, I'm on to something with these podcasts. Well then Carruthers, I, I can't remember. It was either Cass or Hanley or one of those guys shared a video of Carruthers. Um, this would have been right around when the pandemic started. It was on LinkedIn. I'm like, and he starts talking about BORs and middle market commercial. And it just hit. I was like, this is what I want to be doing. I was like, this is my niche that I want to follow is middle market commercial and benefits. He doesn't do benefits, but I can use the same processes and just apply it to benefits. So then I, I remember his podcast came out like right after the 
shutdown started like probably April, May, June-ish time in 2020, I started listening to him. I'm like, this dude is, I mean, everything he was saying was hitting home with me. I'm like, I got it. So I started following him. I started, and there was a point where um, he did a video where the captions were at the bottom of the screen. And it's like, I got to figure out how to get words on my, my videos. So I sent him a private message to, Hey, just want to see what software you're using to put the words at the bottom of your screen when you do your videos. So that's how we kind of started talking was I just sent him a LinkedIn video. Like two weeks later, he's like, dude, I see the video. You did a great job. Do you want to be on my podcast? Like, sure. Well, I was on his podcast in like July or something like that, 2020. And then the protege came out and I was like, threw my hat in the ring immediately and it's all history from there. So it all started by being bored when I was mowing my yard and trying to find something and listening to the insurance guys was the first one that just evolved into listening to all the, you know, the big podcasters in the insurance game. Mm-hmm. And here I am. That's uh, I kind of get this, I kind of get flashbacks because it's kind of similar to the way I got, I did my little contact with Bradley. Mm-hmm. Like, who the heck are you guys? Right. <laughs> what did you guys just come out of? <laughs> did God just like drop these people from heaven just to teach us insurance or, or what? I'm like, it's super, super, super interesting. Yeah. Now, now the, did, is the first time you met Crothers, was that at Brainshare? Mm-hmm. In person. Yep. So how was Brainshare to you? Um, you? We see it for me, it was a different experience just because it's like, wow, I'm seeing people that one, I didn't think Ryan Hanley was six foot 12. I, I agree. Um, <laughs> um, you know, it's just, I've never seen, I haven't seen these people face to face and, you know, height to height and yet to know that I'm probably one of the shortest ones in there. Um, you know, it was just cool to, cool to finally meet these people for yeah. you. It's probably a whirlwind of different emotions because you oh, yeah. were going through this show with, with some of these people, competitors, coaches, um, you know, uh, brothers, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So kind of take us through that. What was, what was brain share like for you? Um, and what were some highlights that you took away from them? Right. It, you know, you. I started listening to these guys years ago. You know, people that you have listened to on a podcast, it's almost like seeing a movie star because you listen to them every day. You're like, it's weird because they have no idea who I am. I mean, through the protege, they probably had an idea of who I was, but I had listened to Hanley and Cass and Carruthers and Flowers and all those guys on a daily basis. So they're, whether or not they know it, they're a huge part of my life on a daily basis. And then, you know, like you said, you walk in, I'd gone for a walk the first morning on the river walk in San Antonio and I'm sweating, you know, I I think it was raining that day and I got wet from the rain and I'm sweating and, and Hanley standing in the lobby. I'm like, Oh my gosh, dude, you're like seven foot tall. I I never, he was that big. I mean, so I I went over and, you know, what's going on, man. So yeah, just meeting the people that, have literally molded my business just from listening to them. It was kind of surreal. And then being able to become the protege and people think that now I know what I'm doing. So, you know, it's cool because the amount of people who are now reaching out to me, I feel like I owe it back to the industry because I've taken free advice from people for years. So it's my turn to give something back. So it relates all goes back and actually Carlos will appreciate this. Uh, maybe this will get me on Carruthers podcast as a guest. Um, but it, it goes back to the whole baseball thing. Like I coach baseball in the summer to give back because the game of baseball has 
every single day of my life, there's not something that I don't do um, relate to that has nothing. That's something I'd learned from the game of baseball, from a coach, um, you know, teammate, you know, opposing team, team mm-hmm. coach, stuff like that. I've learned so much stuff and it relates to this, to the insurance world, like more than I can, more than I'd ever think, you know, ever thought, but you got to, you know, the giving back piece. That's the reason why I do this podcast. Like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I can just talk for hours and days. Um, if no one hit the stop record button, I could, but I like giving back because I've learned so much um, and trying to give a voice to these young agents because, you know, some of these, these older, older agents who are out killing, killing everything kind of are intimidating, you know, to, mm-hmm. to the young and like, man, I'm, I've got a lot, a lot of work. I mean, you, we do mm-hmm. because we really do. He's been doing it for 30 years. Right. Um, at some point, the giving back piece. Uh, is the best thing possible. The baseball game of baseball. I mean, I try to give back just by coaching summer baseball. Mm-hmm. You people calling you for a 25 minute conversation, and I can tell you right now, people, Derek would love to have a conversation if you need him. So flood his inbox because he's a <laughs> he's going to be a, he's a wealth of knowledge already. He's going to be a very 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 big mind of wealth of knowledge here very soon. Just just by him continuing to do what he's doing at Brainshare though, who was the who is the one speaker you enjoyed hearing the most of? And don't say Carruthers because he's he probably doesn't listen to this show. Well, I would say Sheridan. Um, I've I've been a big fan of Marcus Sheridan. I had read his books before, um, so I I implement a lot of his strategies already. Um, I use Vidyard as a platform for my videos. I um, I've taken a lot of tell ideas. Us about, tell us a little bit about Vidyard real quick. Yeah, Vidyard just, is just to highlight for these for these absolutely. These Vidyard is basically a video. Um, publishing platform, I guess you would say. So you can record a, it's usually for what's called one-to-one videos. So I'm reaching out to one specific person, say I'm reaching out to Mitch. I'll do a video specialized and customized for Mitch. And what I can do is I can record it in Vidyard. You can then email it directly from Vidyard and you get, there's a free version and then there's a paid version. Um, I recently switched to the paid version just so I can get more data and analytics through it. Um, but you can do the free version. What you can see is you can see when they opened it, how long they watched, if they watched it multiple times. Um, and the, the cool thing is the way that they email it and the email body that they receive, it actually shows like the picture of you doing the video and what I'll do, I'll give a quick tip. I've got a whiteboard. All right. You know, I'll, I'll hold this up in the beginning of the video and I'll put, Hi, Mitch, this video is for you or something like that. So in the beginning of the video, they see that and say, this dude's holding up a whiteboard, you know, with my name on it, I better click on it. So it's, it makes it easier for your message to get out there and actually opened because it's so customized for the individual you're sending it to. So Vidyard is that platform that allows me to do that. Uh, Vidyard. Got it. Go, go check it out. That, that's a golden nugget. I haven't looked at it. I've kind of wanted to hear a little bit more about it to get sure. to try myself. So, and there's a few Vidyard, other, yeah, there's a few other platforms. I think bomb bomb is one out there. Okay. Um, loom can do some similar things. I think for me, Vidyard just seemed to be what worked. So I stuck with it. Plus it related to a guy, Marcus Sheridan, which, which we were talking, or which, which you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Marcus Sheridan uses those, which led into kind of Derek going in deep there for already my ADHD got us off. <laughs> That's all good. So yeah, Sheridan was probably my favorite speaker. Um, I hadn't heard him in person yet. Um, I've watched a ton of his videos and I follow him on LinkedIn. And uh, I actually, before BrainShare, I sent him a message to try to get him to vote for me for the protege. 
he responded to me. I don't know if he actually voted, but he did respond to me. Um, so does, do you think, do you think, uh, your fearless leader, uh, Crothers can see that, see if he did or not. I wonder if he can, I wonder if he can see who all voted, but I don't That'd know. Be pretty, pretty interesting. No, <laughs> that'd be pretty interesting. <laughs> so yeah, he, um, I, and to be honest with you, the second day I was so in, like I was still sending texts and messages pretty much all day trying to get people to vote for me because the second day was the announcement of the winner. Sure. And I was halfway listening to who all, I think Kelly Donahue Piero was there that day. Who also, was, I think uh, Billy Williams did a Zoom thing. Yes. Yes. So I was kind of halfway listening because I was still like texting out, vote for me, vote for Derek, vote for Derek. Um, but yeah, Sheridan, I've since then I've, um, picked just a few things that Sheridan, uh, was talking about to help me with my videos. Um, the one big thing is, um, how to use subject lines to get your email opened and noticed. So that's one thing I hadn't been doing in his little snippet of how to do that is one thing. And I've since, um, brain share I've implemented. Now, when you say the subject line, so if you're using Vidyard, okay, mm-hmm. as he just explained, those Vidyard into the, you know, it's in your, it's in the Vidyard cloud or platform. Mm-hmm. You're going to email that, they email that to ABC Construction Company mm-hmm. on behalf of WorkComp. Hey, blah, 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 whiteboard, boom, bang, bongo. Mm-hmm. What does the subject line need to say? What doesn't it need to say? So I, what Sheridan recommends is you actually put the word video in it and their name. So if I'm sending a video to Mitch, it says, Hi, Mitch, I created this video for you. Or, hi, Mitch, here's a video regarding your work comp. So it's customized to you, and it says video, so they understand that, you know, it's a shorter video. They don't have to read through an email. It usually piques their interest, so they'll open it. Um, so just making sure there's a few different words in there and, and not saying, you know, following up on your work comp. No one's going to open that. It's more of a customized does it matter how long that subject line needs to be? Because, I mean, you say, okay, yeah, here's here's a video for, you know, Mitch mm-hmm. Gibson uh, on your work comp. That That's okay to put that long of a subject line in. Is it, does it, obviously, is it going to determine whether they're opening it on their cell phone or whether mm-hmm. they're opening it on their laptop versus iPad? I mean, you know, kind of share some of these. Come on, share some of this okay. stuff for me. I try to keep it fairly short. So, typically, like, if I sent you a video, Mitch, it would say, hi, Mitch. Here's a video, and I'll put RE like regarding home and home insurance, something like that. Gotcha. So okay. it's probably you know eight words long, but I'll abbreviate where I can. But it'll say they'll say, "Hey, Mitch, video regarding your work comp or re- video regarding homeowners, something like that." Gotcha. Um, so I don't I won't make it super long, but long enough to where they get the message and they know it's customized for them. And then are you is the video matching up? Like I got to make this video be five minutes, you know, cause the average person that's going to maybe mm-hmm. pay attention to this. If you got someone that's listening to all six minutes of it, you're, the, the probability of them probably giving you a call is probably very, very high. Right. Um, but where does that, is there too long of a video? Obviously, mm-hmm. but where does that cutoff line need to be? So if it's a, for you, yeah, if it's a prospecting video where it's like a cold outreach, it's the first time that I'm reaching out to them 30 seconds. If I can get it done in 30 seconds, it'll say, you know, just, Hey Mitch, notice your work comp mod is, 42% higher than your average competitor. Just want to reach out and let you know that we have tools around that. Would love to schedule time just really quick. Um, if it's someone I've already met with and I'm following up, 
I may do, you know, a bit, a little bit longer video because they either already know who I am or my name. So they might watch it a little bit longer, but their attention span is, you know, pretty short. So you want to keep it as short and to the point as possible. And your whole goal is just to get the next meeting and the next phone call scheduled. So pretty brief. I'm pretty excited because I've, I, I, this is probably the first episode in a long, long time that I've gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have so many social media content posts from or videos for this. <laughs> there you you've, go. You've done a phenomenal, you've done a great job given sharing some great tips, the Vidyard thing. I mean, that's, I took that away from Marcus Sheridan too. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the way he used his digital marketing is just, I can't even explain it one, but two mm-hmm. for just for, for a specific type of pool. I mean, fiberglass pools, Right. What a niche. What uh-huh. a niche. You thought you had a benefit niche. <laughs> right. That niche is like this big, man. Like exactly. that dude just has killed it and he's done it with video. Mm-hmm. I mean, realistically. So yep. if you don't use video, video's gotta be a forefront of your your upcoming here. Um right. last question before I get into my favorite segment. When did you start using video? Um, I started using it. Uh, about the time I started listening to all these podcasts uh, and I had done some social media video, but it, like if I post on Facebook, it'd be like, you know, happy 4th of July. So we live on a lake, Lake Shelbyville is kind of semi-famous in Illinois. It's, I think it's the second biggest lake in, in, in the state. Really? Yeah. We get about 2 for million reason, visitors a, a year. For a second. <laughs> 2 million visitors a year. In yep. To the lake Shelbyville. Yep. So is the lake bigger than the town. What's that? Is the lake just almost bigger than the town? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And, uh, so like, I'll say something like, you know, happy 4th of July, be safe while you're boating. That's not, I mean, it's great to have a video like that on social media, but it's not really generating too much exposure to what you do and how you can help people. So I really started to spend a lot of time on video when I started listening to podcasts, 2018, 17, something like that. And I, I did it more specialized on um, started to start doing educational videos around self-funded benefits and just doing short clips, you know, putting them out there. I still reuse a ton of the clips that I initially filmed in 17, 18. You'll see those circulate every now and then, but um, I love it. (laughs) Yeah. So I started using video really, I was set up, um, a lot of people talk about the pandemic and how that affected them. I was already doing video proposals. I was doing video marketing, it didn't, it didn't change the way that I was approaching my business other than I couldn't get in the door to people. I had to do Zoom or something like that. So 2020, when the pandemic hit, I had probably my most consistent year because um, I, I wouldn't say it wasn't my biggest year, but it was my most consistent because I had a lot of small, small businesses were just going nuts right then. So they were trying to figure out how to stay afloat. And I would, I mean, I was just chopping them up, doing video proposals and I never hit the those real big ones I go after, but I was just had a consistent success because of video in 2020. Consistency is key. I think I put an I think I put a social media post out last year. Um, you know, and, and and the consistency of creating content is like the three C's of creating content. And mm-hmm. consistency was my top choice. I mean, if you're not mm-hmm. consistent, you may, you know, you we laugh at that video of the whole happy fourth of July, you know, boating situation uh-huh. post. We laugh at it now because you look back and you're like, man, that was, that did not, what was I thinking? Terrible. Yeah. But you just didn't understand. You didn't know. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, 
but the consistency of you doing that over these last, you know, three, four, mm-hmm. five years, especially the last two now that you've got all this knowledge and just absolutely killing it, that because of your consistent video work mm-hmm. led you to be able to get a chance with the protege, exactly. which then led to more opportunity down the road using video, sending more proposals, you know, X, Y, Z, because you're consistent with it. You gave right. it a chance, you gave it time, you were patient. And, and I commend you that because a lot of people give up from, from the beginning because they don't, I don't have time for this. I don't, right. You just must not want to win. So right. move over, let us, let, let us, uh, let us in and, and take the chance. But, exactly. Um, Derek, first off, I'm proud of you. I, I love what you're doing. Keep, keep killing it. I learned a lot from you. I'm going, I've gone back and watched some of these protege videos uh, or these protege episodes just to kind of highlight and see some things, techniques that you did, because I like being around winners and that's what you are. So congratulations again. And uh, can't wait to see what the future holds for you. But this will lead us into my last segment real quick. I got five rapid fire questions. Okay. For you, you don't know what they are. Okay. I think I know what the five are, but they never go in sequence. So bear with me. Okay. First question. Sorry now, what's your favorite color? Camo. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. All right, that, that's that's <laughs> not at all what I thought you were gonna say. All right, favorite flavor of ice cream? Vanilla. Deer skin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, enough with that. Okay, what's your what's your favorite flavor of ice cream, you say? Vanilla. Vanilla, if you could if you could spend 24 hours with anybody in the world, dead or alive, who would it be? Chris Farley. And why? Why? <clears throat> just because I like to laugh. One dude that I would have liked to have spent time with and just listened to. And I still go back and listen to his video or watch his videos on YouTube that, you know, from SNL and that type of stuff. And if Tommy Boy or Beverly Hills Ninja or Black Sheep was ever on TV, I'm watching it. Awesome. If you could visit anywhere in the world, you and the wife, kids, whatever, where would that be? Um, anywhere in the world. Well, I'll just say my favorite place in the world is our family farm. Um, I enjoy obviously hunting out there and managing for wildlife. And we take our family out there on at least a monthly basis. And we have cookouts and we have a little garage that is our deer camp and we store our four wheelers and stuff in. So I'd say family farm. Good for you, man. That's, that's actually really cool to hear. I, I'm not a big hunter. And we talked about this the other day, actually uh-huh. texting back and forth. You were sitting in the tree stand. Uh-huh. And I'm like, man, the, the, the patience this dude has having, you know, going out <laughs> and hunting every weekend. I just, I don't, I don't know how you do it. But before I last, ask the last question, have you, have you uh, got yourself anything yet? Have you, have you killed anything? Um, I got a doe on Friday last week. Um, so the gun season in Illinois is typically the, Friday, Saturday, Sunday before Thanksgiving. Um, That's the first season. There's another season coming up in December. But um, I actually, the day you were texting me, I had an opportunity on a big buck. And I I drew back on him and he was with a doe. And if you know anything about hunting, if, if, if a buck's with a doe, that's where he's going. So this doe was just running in circles and this buck was chasing her. And she ran right by my tree stand at 15 yards. So I, I'm like, here he comes. So I drew back and I could never get him stopped. He just kept chasing the doe and I never got a shot. So, but I did get a doe last Friday. So, um, my family eats a ton. I mean, we weekly, uh, venison. So I always wow. try to 
get some of that for the family. I'll put the food on the table. There we I go. love it. That's such a blue collar thing. It's <laughs> awesome. I, do, I think it's just because I'm not that type of guy, like the hunting type of stuff. But I, I wish I was because I think it's think it's freaking cool. I sure. really do. Um, last question: If you could, if you could give one piece of advice to anybody, young agents out in the world, someone just mm-hmm. now getting started in the industry, what could that possibly be, and why? Lead with a solution, and that solution is not insurance policy in most cases. Um, identify what your agency has as far as resources. Um, it could be, you know, I'll, it could be what's well, mod advisor from Todd Tams. It could be Zywave. It could be Think HR Mineral, whatever it's called now. Or it could be a carrier resource. You might have a flagship carrier that has a, a target market that they can't miss in. Build your strategy around a resource that you have. And do not market trying to save money because that's one thing you really don't have a ton of control over. We have no idea what, you know, we can send in for quotes and all this stuff. We, we have no idea what the quote's going to come back as on the, in the commercial business. No idea. You might have an idea, but you, you don't have any control over the final cost of it. And so you do have control over solving a problem. So you, if you know what your target market's problem is, lead with the solution to that problem 100% of the time. And don't go in thinking you're going to gather information for a quote, go in understanding what questions you're going to ask to try to drive a wedge to get you to the next point where you can solve their problem. Mic drop. Loved it. Great, great way to end this episode. Derek Hayden. uh, Is it Dan? Is it Dan? Danzig. Danzig. Oh, close. (laughs) Danzig Shelbyville Insurance. There you go. Um, in Shelbyville, Illinois, the way he explained it, if you take Indianapolis where I'm at and you take St. Louis and you draw a straight line, he's down that line in the Illinois side. So, Derek, appreciate all the uh, all the little nuggets you had to drop today for, for all these young agents and anybody out there listening to me who, you know, who enjoy listening to the show. We appreciate you listening. Uh, we're going to have Derek back on again because there's there's too much there's too much knowledge in that brain uh, for him not to share more of it for you guys. And, uh, we'll have him back for that. If you, uh, want to get in contact with, with Derek, Derek, how can that, um, how, yeah. how would you like to be contacted? If, you know, are you open for things in that nature? If so, how can they do that? Sure. LinkedIn is my platform I'm most active on. Um, so, uh, LinkedIn message connect with me. Um, I do Facebook. I, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm over Facebook, but I know my friends and family are still on there. So I, I dabble on it, but LinkedIn is the best way. Um, or my email address is D E R E K H at Shelbyville. That's S H E L B Y V I L L E I N S.com. Go Rams. He's never said, he's never said, <laughs> <laughs> he's never said that in a quote video or, or a vid, vid yard video or video before have you. Nope. Never. D D E R E K H at Shelbyville S H E L B Y V I L L dot com or insurance.com. INS.com. You got it. There it is. There it is. Derek Hayden, Shelbyville Insurance, Shelbyville, Illinois, and your season one uh, Proto J winner. Season two is coming up, and Derek's a coach. Uh, can't wait to see who he chooses. He's uh, got, a, got, a, got a few options already rumbling the uh, inboxes, and I can't wait to uh, maybe catch him mid, mid show. Uh, or mid-season, and we'll get an update on how his team's doing. So go check out Derek Hayden. Derek, appreciate everything you're doing for the industry, and I uh, can't wait to have you on again, sir. Awesome. Had a great time, Mitch. Absolutely. Derek Hayden, Mitch Gibson, always remember that you can make a difference. Uh, we'll catch you next time on the MVP Podcast. 
Hey agents, listen to this, listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it, think of it, really. We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now listen, I'm an agency owner and I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you gotta do is you gotta admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com, check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do, really. And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even wanna do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up, go to ChatGPT, put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said, I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.